Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today to wrap up our deep dive into the 2021 football recruiting class is my co-host, Curtis. We did the offensive prospects last week in part one, so today it's all about the defense. We actually went defense heavy in this class. I think we got 11 defensive prospects and nine offensive guys, so we have a number of players to evaluate today. For those of you who missed part one last week, what we're doing is we're breaking down each prospect in this 2021 football recruiting class in two different ways. Obviously, defensive guys today, as I just mentioned, but we're doing this in two different ways for each prospect. First, we're going to score them based on their potential to make an immediate impact in year one. And then we will play the longer game and look down the road a little bit and rate them based on their long-term potential. You know, what we think they can be by the time their career in Athens comes to an end, down the road a little bit. Both ratings, the immediate impact rating and the long-term rating, will be on a scale of 1 to 10. We figure that's just easiest for everybody to understand because that's just kind of more common than anything else, right? So a 10 for a year one impact guy, if, if we gave a guy a 10 for his year one impact, that means we're projecting him as like an immediate starter, a la a Jermaine Burton from last year, a guy that we are pretty confident in, really confident in, coming in right away and being a day one plug and play starter. And then a guy that's a one on the other end would be a player destined for a red shirt in year one. Then for the long-term impact, that rating, a 10 would be a guy that we see as like an all-American future first round draft pick type guy, while a one would be a guy that we don't think will ever see the field in any sort of meaningful situation. But of course, most of the guys, actually almost everyone on this list, is going to fall somewhere between that 10 and 1 range. I don't think I don't know if I'm going to give out any 10 today. We'll see what Curtis has got. I don't know if I have any 10s in me today. I think I gave out maybe one with the offensive players. Maybe Brock Vandegrift got a 9 or 10 from me. But those are rare. And then 1s are rare as well. I maybe had a 1 or 2 with the offensive guys. We'll see if we have any 1 today. So that's how we're going to do this. But we've got 11 players to evaluate today. So Curtis, let's go ahead and get right to it. And we're going to start with a bang here off the top. One of our five-star prospects on the defensive side of the ball, Xavier Sori from IMG Academy, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds, number twenty-five overall in this twenty twenty-one recruiting class. He is an early enrollee. He's already on campus, working out with the team. We'll be going through spring drills if we have those, God willing, which I think we probably will, but we'll see. 
So, Curtis, let's start here in year one. Now, I'm curious what you're going to go with here because I'm not exactly sure what position Sori's going to play. He's a linebacker. Does that mean inside? Does that mean outside? We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But in year one, what kind of impact on a scale of one to ten do you think Xavier Sori is going to have? I would go with a four. I think, honestly, Xavier Sori has the athletic ability and the explosiveness to go in there and make an impact. But like you said, you're just not sure what position he's going to play. And honestly, I think he needs to put on some weight and get comfortable at whatever position he's going to be asked to play. Because I believe he was an outside linebacker, IMG. And so unless you, unless he goes to outside linebacker for us, it's, he's going to have a development period if he goes to inside linebacker. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I, w- I would equate him in some ways. I don't think he's a carbon copy of Quay Walker. I think Quay was a better athlete coming out of high school, but I think they're similar in that neither one of these guys really played inside linebacker in high school, but they could potentially project to play that in college if that's where the coaches want to play, that they have that ability. But it's gonna, there's like like you said, there's gonna be a learning curve if that's indeed where our coaches want to play him. If they want to play him an inside linebacker. And I don't really know right now. I'm very curious once spring practice gets here, like where this guy is going to be lining up. I'm, I'm anxious for those reports. I don't even know if reporters are going to be allowed at spring practice, but I would really like to get some sort of insight on where our coaches see him playing, at least in year one. So I do agree. It's kind of tough to answer right now what kind of impact we think he's going to have in year one if we don't know exactly where he's going to land, whether it's inside or outside. He will be a linebacker, but inside linebackers and outside linebackers in our scheme do different things. It's an entirely different position. It's not a 4-3 Outside linebacker, inside linebacker thing. It's a three-four. It's an entirely different position. So that makes it tough here. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you here. I want to go. I'll go with a four as well. I, I hate to just copy you here, but I think that's probably the right number, of three or four. Again, it has nothing to do with his long-term potential. We'll talk about that here in a second because this guy, I mean, he's a five-star for a reason. He has the ability to be a big-time player, potential first, second-round draft pick in the NFL draft. He has that potential. But in year one, I don't know if if it's inside linebacker, we're kind of stacked that position right now we have two returning starters or guys that are going to be the they're not the kobe's a returning starter quay walker's not a returning starter but he's going to be the starter this year in, in my opinion so then you got those two guys right there you got chain tindall that's poised to come in there and be part of the rotation as well you got guys like ryan davis treson marshall who've been in, in the program for a couple of years now they're going to be trying to get themselves in the rotation so is Xavier and so we're going to come in in year one and jump over all those guys I don't know. Maybe he works himself into the rotation in, in some regard. I just don't know if I see that inside linebacker. Outside linebacker, I will say there's more of an opportunity. Obviously, we have Nolan Smith coming back. He's going to be – I think he's going to take over that Aziz Ojolari type role from last year. And Adam Anderson, we'll see if he can gain some weight, keep that weight on throughout the season and play more than just on third downs as a kind of a pass rush specialist. We'll see. But I think there's more opportunity there. So if he sticks there – which honestly, I'll just be real. I think he's more of an outside outside linebacker. Can he play inside linebacker? I think he can. Here's what I would say with Sori. I think right now, based off what I've seen from him on tape, I think he he would be a good, solid athlete at inside linebacker. Certainly respectable. He, he could play that position. We've seen him play in space in high school. But I think at outside linebacker, he has the potential to be a plus athlete there. Great first about the ball, explosive, can rush a passer has the body type where he can add on some weight. He has the frame. You're right, Curtis. He needs to add some weight right now. He's in about 6'3", 215. He's almost like a tweener because, yeah, 215, you think, okay, yeah, inside linebacker, but he's got a bigger frame that he can add some weight there. I just don't know if, honestly, he's got good speed. I don't think he has elite speed. That's my concern there. And in the SEC, if you're talking about competing for championships, you need a linebacker that can run sideline. I don't know if Sori's 
that kind of guy. I think he's a better fit at outside linebacker. Needs to gain about 25, 30 pounds, but he's young. He can do that. But I just I don't see much of an impact for him in year one, maybe uh, in, in a reserve role. So I'd probably go a three or four here. Uh, all right, but let's look down the road here, Curtis. Long term, before his time here in Athens is all said and done, what kind of impact do you think Xavier Sori is going to have? I would go between about a seven. I think that we mentioned all the tangible things he has, and I think once he puts on the weight, he'll become a, a very good outside linebacker. I'm not ready to say he'll be like an All-American or All-SEC quite yet, but I think he has all the tools there to possibly get, reach that level. So do you think he's a little, little overvalued coming out of high school? Because when you see a guy that's a five-star prospect, number 25 nationally, those kind of guys are ranked five stars because they're supposed to be All-SEC, All-American caliber type players. So you think he's maybe a little bit overvalued coming out? I think when you look at what his athletic ability and things is kind of what affected his ranking. But like you said, he should play outside linebacker, but there, there's there been a lot of discussion of where he would play. And when guys like that, it's hard to honestly put them as a five-star when they don't have a true set position at the time. Tweeners scare me. I agree. We've seen it. Remember Richard Samuel years and years ago, Curtis? He's a guy that like, he's this like tantalizing athlete, big physical guy, but can run. He's, man, he, could, he could play running back. But it's like, no, like his long-term future is at – is at a uh, inside linebacker. And so he kind of just went back and forth and never really had a set position and never really kind of developed anywhere on the field. He was a good solid player for us at times at the great game with Florida years ago, but was never a, and he was a five-star guy as well, but never quite lived, lived up to that because he was a tweener. And so tweeners scare me. I, I'm always nervous about that. And Xavier Sori, I, I don't want to say that that's what he's destined to be, but he, he certainly is a gain. I, I just don't know, even like right now at 215, I don't know if he has the, the sideline to sideline type speed to really be like a dominant inside linebacker in the SEC. He can be serviceable, absolutely, inside linebacker. He can play that spot. And he's got the versatility where you, where you can move him around and do different things that make it tougher for offenses to handle him. But I think I think outside linebacker is where he's going to eventually settle in. And to do that, he needs to gain some weight. But I think he will do that. I mean, he's just gotten near the college program. I, I fully believe that he will add that. Like I said, I think he's got the frame to do it. He's not like Adam Anderson who's had trouble gaining weight because he just has a slight frame. That's not Xavier Sore. He has the frame to put the weight on. I think – really, I, I don't have many doubts at all that he will put that weight on here in short order. So I think outside linebacker is a long-term spot for him. I do think he can be an all-SEC type guy when it's all said. I don't know if it's going to happen year one or year two. I think he does have some development to um, – or some room to grow here at this point. He needs to develop – but I think he certainly has that potential. I just don't know if it's going to translate as quickly as a lot of people want it to. Like, because the thing is, when you see five-star, top 25 nationally, people expect those guys to be like, like instant impact type players. And when they're not, they kind of get down on it. Now, I just don't want people to get down on Sori right away if he's not that instant impact kind of guy in year one or maybe even the first part of year two. Give him some time. I think he can de- – I believe he can develop into that, but I just don't know if it's going to be right away. But, yeah, long-term, um, I'll go – I'll go a seven. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely with you. You and I see him eye to eye here. I think for me, a seven, I think he's a guy that can be an all-SEC type guy, maybe with an outside chance of being an all-American by the time his career is all said and done. So I think that's where I see Xavier and Story right now. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another guy. This is another guy that's a really interesting prospect. And even the recruiting services are very divided on where to rank Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. He's a guy that really, really gained a lot of weight and grew a lot in high school. I mean, just go back and watch this tape, like his freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. 
And you can just see his body change dramatically from year to year. So he's really grown up right now. He's sitting at right about 6'5", 300 pounds. He is an early enrollee. He, in the 247 composite, which takes into account all the different recruiting services out there and where they rank these guys, he ended up number 147 nationally. But there's a pretty big disparity between where 247 sports and rivals had him ranked. 247 in their individual rankings had him in the top 20. They had him number 19 overall five-star prospect, whereas Rivals only had him as the number 230 prospect overall. And that, that's a pretty big discrepancy. Now, granted, this year with COVID, it's a unique year because these guys did not get to camp the, the evaluators and get to see them in person as much. So it's a tougher year to evaluate these guys. But that's a huge discrepancy for, between the two leading recruiting services out there, Curtis. But when you're looking at Tyrod Ingram Dawkins in year one, what kind of impact do you see him make on the defensive line? Um, I'm going to go with a three, and I don't think it has anything to do with him per se because I actually think that him getting in there as an early enrollee will really help him develop. As you've already said, he's been putting on this weight, and he just really needed to turn into muscle. So I think him being in the strength conditioning program early is going to help him tremendously going forward. But I think the return of both Jordan Davis and Julian Rochester is going to be the biggest thing that's going to have it play an impact on how much of a role he has in this first year. I mean, Jordan Davis, Julian Rochester, Devontae Wyatt, Zion Lowe, Jalen Carter, like all these guys. I mean, I think Tyrion Ingram Dawkins can be a really good player for us down the road. But next year, like you're right, like, we have grown men on the defensive line right now. And Ingram Dawkins, yeah, he's grown up and he's become a, a grown man in his own in, in his own respect, but not like that. Okay. I, I still think he's a guy that needs to add some strength. Like his weight is fine, six five, three hundred pounds, moves really well for, for that size. But I think he needs to get stronger. He's not as strong as obviously Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt or Jalen Carter. He's not there yet. Julian Rochester, our 40-year-old, a resident 40-year-old athlete. Uh, he's not quite there yet. So, like with all the veterans that we have coming back, you're exactly right. I'm with you. I just don't see where Ingram Dawkins, barring injury. Now, like we had some, we had a a spate of injuries on the defensive line this past year. I mean, think about that Florida game and all those young guys that we have playing in that game. So it's possible. I mean, it's the SEC guys get hurt. So, it, you know, if that happens, then all bets are off. But barring a, a, a spate of injuries like that, I just don't see how he's going to find a ton of playing time this year. We didn't even mention guys like Trevon Walker. I mean, there's a ton of guys on this defense line right now that are really – honestly, I think you could argue that we have a, a top three, top two potentially defensive line in all of America coming back along with Clemson. I think you could certainly make that argument. We'll probably make that argument – throughout this offseason. So I just don't see where he gets into the lineup right now, even into the rotation. Maybe he comes in and surprises us. He is a great athlete. I think he's a plus athlete for that position. But I'm with you. I would say year one, I would even go a step lower. I would say a two. Uh, I'm not going to say there's no chances because guys do get hurt even to line the SEC. We saw that last year. So maybe there's a slight chance with, with some injuries. But outside of that, I just don't really see it from year one. Again, like you said, not a reflection of what kind of player I think he can be. We just got some studs up front right now, and I just don't see how he's going to overtake those guys in year one. But long-term, course, looking down the road a couple of years, what kind of player can Terry Ingram Dawkins grow into? I could easily see him grow into a seven or eight, honestly, because if I believe the one thing that really helps him is I think he's an explosive guy, um, gets off the ball quick, and I think that's what's going to help him in the long run. Honestly, especially this past year, you know, you talked about the – big disparity in his uh, rankings. I just say, I, I honestly believe that the rivals rankings this year were absolute dog crap. Yeah, they, um, were, trash. Yeah, yeah, trash. they were complete trash. I honestly don't know how those people keep their job when you, there's such disparity in that big of a change. And I think that putting Tyrion Inger Dawkins in over the 200 range was a mis injustice. That's I also great. think that, 
I mean, I don't know if I would put him in the top 20, like 247, but I believe that the guy has all the makings. Like, honestly, I see what he, what you see in Jordan Davis, but actually I think he's more explosive than Jordan Davis. So if, once he gets his body right, especially with muscle and everything, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how much he continues to grow because he's 6'5", 300 now. He's bigger than he used to be. But if you look at him, he's still like – He's got room to put more weight on, right? When you look at him play, like when you look at his senior tape, like, okay, yeah, he's grown a lot. Like, yeah, it's a dramatic increase in size from his sophomore year to his junior year. But I think he's got even more room to grow. He's just one of those late growers. It's strange. I don't know if he's going to ever – I don't think he'll ever get to Jordan Davis size. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, he's 6'5". I think he can easily be 320 pounds before his time in Athens is done. Um, but I do think – you're right. I do think he's maybe uh, – not maybe. I do think he's a better athlete than Jordan Davis – on the interior. I don't think he'll get quite as big. I do think he moves a little bit better. I think he could potentially give us some serious interior passers. I mean, imagine him and, and Jalen Carter on the interior together and what they could give us from an interior pass rush, which we haven't really had, like really haven't had anybody to really do that consistently. Now we have Jalen Carter. I think he, we saw that last year from him. I think Ingram Dawkins can be that guy as well. And uh, I think down the road, this guy can be a big time player. I'm with you like top 20 nationally. Might be a little aggressive with from two four seven. I think he's clearly a top fifty player from what I saw. You know, granted, I didn't watch it the tape on every single prospect out there, but I watched a lot of tape, and I think he, I think he's a guy that any given year could be a top fifty player. Top two thirty is just, I mean, that's crazy talk. That's that's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I think when it's all said and done, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna give Ingram Dawkins an eight. I think he can be that kind of player. I think he can be an All SEC type player with a chance to be an All American as well. I, I just think when you can, when you move as well as he does at his size, he's still growing. He, it's, it's crazy. Like he hasn't really, as much as he's grown the past couple, couple of years, he hasn't really lost that much of his athleticism either. It's one of those things like, oh, this guy still moves really, really well. I love his, his first step off the ball. I would like to see him get stronger. That's one area I think he does need to improve. But I think that will come in time when he gets into a college weight program. I like the fact he's in early enrollee. I think that certainly helps him in that regard. But yeah, going back to year one, I don't see much of an impact in year one. But give him a year or two, oh, yeah, I think this guy is going to be a stalwart on our defensive line. So I give him an eight. I'm really high on what he can be potentially down the road. All right, let's stay on the defensive line here. Let's go to uh, Marlon Dean, who I actually think is originally from Oglethorpe County here in Georgia. Played last year at IMG, six foot six, 275 pounds. He ended up being number 504 overall nationally in the 247 composite. He's also an early enrollee already here on campus. Curtis, in year one, is it similar to Ingram Dawkins? What kind of impact do you see from Dean? For him, I'd even probably go with a one. Um, I think he's definitely uh, has some time to wait before he's ready to go. I'll stick with a two. I, I'll put him on. I think Ingram Dawkins has high, higher long-term potential. But year one, I think they're coming in on a similar footing. I, again, I just – but it's the same thing as Ingram Dawkins. I don't think either one of those guys are going to play, barring injuries. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, I just there's too many guys ahead of him right now. I just don't see much of an impact. Again, not a reflection of what I think he can be. I just don't see it in year one at all. What about down the road, though? Are you as high on him as you are, Ingram Dawkins? No, I'd probably go with around a six right now. I think that he's got he's got some improvements to make before I'd ever put him on that level at this point. He's he's interesting for me. I I it, I couldn't really find any senior tape on him. I've been waiting for it to come out, but I did watch IMG play twice this year, and when I watched them play. I was really impressed with what I saw from Marlon Dean. It, of course, there's junior junior tape out there, but I mean, guys grow a lot between their junior and senior year, especially when they're playing on the defensive line. They just get better. And I just, I don't know, when I watched him play as a senior a couple of times, 
in those two full games I watched IMG play on ESPN, I was impressed. I thought, I mean, maybe not the best player they had on defense, but I thought he was certainly one of their better players on defense. I mean, we're talking about IMG, which is basically an all-star team. So I think he can be really good. I think he moves well. He needs to continue to add weight right now. He's listed, what, about 6'6", 275. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he has the long-term potential that Ingram Dawkins has. I don't know if he's quite as good of an athlete. I don't believe he's quite as good of an athlete as Ingram Dawkins is. But I think he's a guy that's – another guy with a good frame, 6'6", about 275. I think he can add another at least 20 or so pounds. And right now, like, I'm curious, like, do you think he's an interior guy solely curse, or could he potentially play outside, not outside linebacker, but as a five-tech defensive end? Could he, could he potentially play that kind of Jonathan Ledbetter-type role, the Malik Herring-type role? It wouldn't shock me just because the way his size is. He's big enough probably to hold up in the run better than some of these other guys that we've had doing it so far. Yeah, it, I think it depends on what happens with his body. How much does he continue to grow? If he sticks at 6'6", 275, I think he could certainly play the 5-tech. and be and then not, 275, that's not big enough to play a 3-tech or, or a 0-tech nose guard. That's just not big enough in the SEC, not consistently. Not like he'd be a, a third-down specialist in that regard like Trayvon Walker has been. But I, I think, man, like, if you look at Dean, if he stays at 6'6", 275, he might grow. We don't know. We should see what happens with his body in, in the strength program here. I think he could potentially end up being a five-tech guy. Now, if, he, if he's a five-tech, I think he'd be a pretty dominant five-tech. I don't know right now on the interior. So a, a big part of what I think he can grow into, like me ranking him long-term, that depends on what happens with his body and where does he ultimately land. Because right now he's another one of those guys, like he's kind of a tweener, like 6'6", 275. Okay, you need a game weight if you really want to play in the interior consistently. Or you can kind of stay where you are and probably be a really good five tech. But it's just tough to know when a guy is this young when they're coming to a program. Typically, when guys come into a weight program at the college level for the first time, they're usually usually they gain weight unless they're like just completely out of shape, like kind of Julian Rochester was when he came into Athens years ago, about what 16, 17 years ago. But Dean, like, there's a good chance to probably gain some weight. But even if he goes up like 285, I think he could play at 285, play the five tech. I mean, that's close to what Malik Herring was last year, 280 ish. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where he plays and that really is going to impact what – or that's going to determine what kind of impact he has long-term. So I guess I'll go with you again, Curtis. Here. I hate to copy you again, but I'm going to go with a six just because of the kind of uncertainty on where ultimately on the defensive line he will end up playing. He's a defensive lineman, clearly, but where on the defensive line, I think that still remains to be seen. So we'll kind of wait and see on that one. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. 
All right, let's go to another five-star prospect. We started with Xavier Sorry, it's a five-star prospect. Let's go to another one on the defensive side of the ball. Smale Mondin from Paulding County in the state of Georgia. Six foot three, 220 pounder, number 34 overall Nash in the 247 composite. He's also an early enrollee here on campus right now, going through workouts with the, with the team. Curtis, in year one, what do you see from Smale Mondin? Um, I'm going to see a two. At, at most, you'll probably see him get on the field with special teams. I think that's the only pl- place you're going to see him contribute, especially this first year. Um, he's one of these guys – he's not like Quay Walker in that he didn't really have a position, per se, in my opinion, but I think it's more that he's just not as well-developed, well-coached at that position. So I think he needs some more time under Schumann to get comfortable in you know, seeing the field and seeing what's developing at, at, at the inside linebacker position. Do you think he's a true inside linebacker, or is he like Sori, kind of a tweener that can play inside or outside? I think he's more of an inside linebacker than what Sori is. I think he's much more of a true inside linebacker. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Mondin's another guy, though. Like it, it, Similar to Sori in, in some respect, I think he can play either one. I think he can play inside and he can play outside. He's got the frame and the, the, the first step quickness to play outside linebacker and be a pass rusher. I think he could do that. I think he could be a really good outside linebacker, a, a pretty dominant pass rusher. I think he's got that kind of athleticism. But I also think that he does have that speed, that silent-to-sideline type speed athleticism to consistently hold up and be a potentially all-SEC caliber inside linebacker in this league. I think he has that kind of athleticism. I, I, ultimately, I just think he's a better athlete than Sori is, in my opinion, right now. I think he moves better than him. So I think he can play inside linebacker. I think that's probably where I project him right now, but it wouldn't shock me if he got a, got a look at outside linebacker, but I would probably project him right now at, at inside linebacker. I just think he moves so well. I mean, he would play basically played running back for his high school and uh, did was very good at that as well. But in year one, if he's playing inside linebacker, again, I like we have Quay Walker coming back. We have N'Kobe Dean. You have Channing Tindall. You have Ryan Davis, Tristan Marshall. We're trying to get in the rotation as well. They've got a couple of years on him. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're more polished. That's, that's, and you mentioned it, Curtis. That, that's the thing about Mondin. I'm extraordinarily high on his athletic ability and what he can be, the raw physical tools he has. But that's the key word. He is raw right now. He has got to learn to play that position. So, and I might say he's more similar to Quay Walker than Xavier Soria is, where he's just got to learn how to play that position. And it's not going to happen overnight. I just don't think year one he's going to be ready to be able to do that, at least not early on. Maybe by the, by the time we get to the end of the season, if there's some injuries, maybe. But I just think Quay Walker didn't make much of an impact in year one. I don't think Monin will either, but I don't think that's another example. I don't think that's a reflection on what he can be long term. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go with two here for year one impact. I think he has too many guys ahead of him. I think he's got too much room to develop right now in year one to make a significant impact at inside linebacker. I think he can be a special teams ace. He's got that, that athleticism, but we'll see um, We'll see what happens there. But down the road, Curtis, now here, is he a five-star that might live up to the billing more than you think Sori would? I think he is, yeah, because I think he's honestly a true inside linebacker. And I think once he just gets comfortable in reading the field and becomes more polished, I think he has all SEC all about it. I mean, the, the speed is there. Every, he has everything you'd want in an all-SEC linebacker. What number? Did you give a number? I'm curious. What, oh, for long-term? I mean, I think you could do an eight with him. Yeah, I, I'm going to go – I think eight's certainly within reason. I'm going to go a step higher. I'm going to go nine. I'm that high on what he can be. Is he there yet? No. That's why I don't think he's going to be a an instant impact type guy right off the bat. But if he takes the coaching and he just goes to work and he just gets better – then I think with what he brings to the table from an athleticism standpoint, I mean, he's off the charts athletic. He's got the size. He's got the length. He's got every raw physical tool that you could want. I think he can grow into a guy that could be 
an All-American type player, first-round draft pick. Will he get there? There's no way to know. There's no way to know how much work he's going to put into it, how he takes the coaching, all those things. You just don't know. But when you see those physical tools, it's tantalizing. And I, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume he's going to go to work. We'll see what Schumann can do with him. I think by the time it's all said and done, I do think he'll be an All-SEC, All-American caliber player here in Athens and probably a multi-year starter. So I'm going to go smell him on. I'm going to give the guy a nine. And I, I, I hesitate a little bit because I do think he's a guy that could play outside linebacker as well. So I, I don't know, but I'm really high on his potential. Wherever he ends up, inside or outside, I think probably inside, but he's just such a great athlete. I think when it's all said and done, this guy is going to be a big-time player for us. All right, moving on here, Curtis. We're going to go to a guy that we actually really need to be an instant impact type guy for us, and that's cornerback Nyland Green from Covington. Six foot two, 185 pounds. He is an early enrollee, which is huge. Number 71 overall nationally. What do you see for Nyland Green in year one? What kind of impact do you see from him? I could easily see him at a, a six impact. I think the biggest thing about him is – he is a prototypical of what we want in a cornerback. He's long, he's lanky, but he's incredibly fast and has great ball skills. So you said a six? I'm, I think Nyland Green's going to have to play. Like I mean, just, he does have to play. I mean, I, I think I was going of how good of an impact he will be, but I think impact-wise, he, he'll probably be around a seven or eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, look, we have other guys. We're, we're going to get to some other players in the secondary that are coming in here in a few minutes. So he's not the only DB coming in this year, but – He's the highest rated DB that we have coming in. If you watch a tape, I think he's the one that's probably best equipped to come in and play right away. I can say other guys can't grow into that, but I think he's probably the most polished guy with the best ability to come in and be an, uh, an instant impact player right away. And it, so, like, we have both cornerback spots open. The star position is open. The 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 um, the money position in our dime package is open. So we essentially have four spots open that this guy could that he could fill. Like any of those spots he could play. I think he's going to have to play. I don't know if that means he's going to start right away at one of the, one of the two quarterback spots. Maybe, maybe it's star, maybe it's, it's money. I don't know, but I think he's going to have to play at some point. He's going to at least at the very least have to be a depth piece for us. So I fully expect him to play. Does he start? I don't know, but I certainly think there's a really good chance just because it's, there's no one there. It's almost by default, right? I mean, you got Keely Ringo, you got Jalen Kimmer coming back. You got Amir speed. You've got some guys that have been here and I fully expect Keely Ringo to be one of those guys. But, again, there's four spots this guy can potentially play. And the, all, all those spots are, are basically wide open. So I think he's going to play. I'm going to go year one impact. I'm going to go seven. That doesn't mean that he's going to be like all-SEC all fresh necessarily, although I, I certainly wouldn't discount that possibility. But I think he's going to play. And if he plays, he's going to have some sort of impact. So I'm going to go with a seven there in year one. What about down the road, Curtis? Long-term, it's all said and done. What kind of players he end up being? I think he could be an eight. Honestly, I think the one, like I mentioned, he's just long, lanky, and he has great ball skills. And he has just those attributes that you can't coach. And I think that's what's going to make him a, such a good cornerback going forward. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, he's got everything you just said is true. Ball skills, he's got the length, he's got the speed, the athleticism. He has good instincts in that position. Now, is, is he perfectly rated to plug and play right away no he's got to continue to grow and polish and get better but i think he's got a good set of tools coming to, to play right away if he's needed to do that and i think that he will be needed to do that but long term i, I agree i think this is a guy especially the thing, if you play as a freshman he's gonna take some bumps it's gonna happen it, it doesn't matter who you are if you play out there especially at cornerback when you're kind of on an island at times you're going to take some bumps. There's going to be some plays where it's like, oh, man, that, that hurts. But he's also going to gain experience from that. And I think that he's going to be better for that. And that's going to help him launch into his sophomore and junior years as well. I think he can definitely be an all-SEC type guy. 
uh, with, with the potential, like some of the other players, to be an All-American down the road. I, I, we'll see how that plays out. It's tough to be an All-American. Um, but I think a seven is a guy. I think he can be that kind of guy for us when it's all said and done. All SEC caliber guy, multi-year starter, uh, somewhere in the defensive backfield. I think that's what Nyland can end up being. So excited to see what he grows into. We're going to need him. We're going to need him pretty quickly. Well, let's talk about another defensive back here, Curse. A guy that maybe isn't – definitely is not as highly rated, highly thought of coming out of high school. No one really talks about this guy. He's one of the least talked about members of this recruiting class. And that's defensive back Javon Bullard, six foot, about 185 pounds. Uh, out of Milledgeville. He is an early enrollee. He's on campus, but he was only number 649 nationally, 247 composite. There is a need. We just talked about that, Curtis. There's a need at cornerback right now, which is what I think he projects to play. But how much of an impact do you see Bullard making in year one? Physical guy, I'll give him that. But honestly, I put it around a three. While there is a need, I still think that he has to refine his skills, such as covers. I think his cover skills is where he needs the most work. Yeah, he is. Okay, so. I don't want to call him Eric Stokes because Eric Stokes ended up having a fantastic career in George at Georgia. We don't know if Javon Bullard's going to do that, but I see some similarities between Bullard and Stokes coming out of high school. Both were kind of underrated, um, more of just pure athletes than anything coming out of, out of high school raw at a cornerback. Now Bullard might not have the track records that Eric, that Eric Stokes had. I mean, Stokes was like a track star coming out of high school and Bullard, I don't think he's necessarily been a track star, but you watch him play. He's got that kind of speed. He's incredibly raw like Stokes was, but he is a plus athlete, just like Stokes. So what I'm saying is he's got a lot of tools to work with. Now the question is, will he go to work and just get better like Stokes is? Stokes just, I mean, first couple of years, he just grinded, man, and got better. No one talked about him, thought he might be one of those guys who just ends up transferring and washes out, but he went to work and got better, and he did something with, with all those physical tools that he has. Will Buller do the same? That remains to be seen. We don't know that, but – I think there are a lot of similarities between him and Stokes. So if there are similarities between him and Stokes, what I would say is that, well, Stokes didn't really make an impact right away, and I don't think Bullard would either. But again, this year's difference, a unique situation that we just have so many open spots back there in the secondary. So I'm not going to discount it entirely. I think he's got a long way to come, much much further to come than a guy like Nyland Green, who I think is much more of a plug-and-play type guy in year one. But because there is at least opportunity at cornerback, I'm going to say Bullard, I'll give him a four. I'll give him a shot. I'm not going to discount because he does have the tools, man. And if, if maybe he takes the coaching really quickly and our coaches fall in love with what, what he can bring to the table from a physical standpoint and, and and he gets an opportunity. But I just don't think he's as polished and ready right now as a guy like Nyland Green. But looking forward, Curtis, I just talked up the kind of tools that this guy has to work with and what he can be. What do you see him being when his career is all said and done? Right now I say a six but because, like, you mentioned all these tools, but that's a big if and or but. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why at this moment, I'm going to go to six. But like you said, he has the tools to be even better. But the question is, will he? The potential, man. Potential is tantalizing, but it doesn't always work out. Um, for every Eric Stokes story, there's all there's there's 10 other guys that had those abilities and it never worked out. And I, I you just don't know what happens with Bullard. We'll see. But he has the tools. I don't know, man. Like he is a plus athlete. I am very intrigued by what he could be, and I hope to God, man, that he just takes the coaching and just goes to work I, and just doesn't get discouraged if it doesn't happen for him right away. He's physical. Um, he will hit you back in the secondary. He's, he's pretty instinctive. He guy has incredible closing speed, and the guy's just again a plus athlete back there. I think he could be a big time player for us down the road. I just don't think it'll happen right away. I'm gonna go six, like you said, just because the uncertainty of does he actually end up developing? That's always a crapshoot. You never know. He's got the tools, but does he actually end up doing anything with them? I hope so. 
Uh, we've seen it happen here in Athens under Kirby Smart with a guy like Eric Stokes. And let's just hope Bullard's the next line to do just that. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to uh, Jonathan Jefferson. Let's go back to the defensive line. Jonathan, Jonathan Jefferson out of Douglasville, six foot four, 285 pounds, number 129 nationally. He's one of these guys that no one really talks about. And he was a pretty highly rated guy, top 150 prospect, committed pretty early. And when that happens, guys oftentimes just get forgotten about, even if they are pretty highly rated. He's an early enrollee. He's here on campus working out right now. In year one, Curtis, going back to what we talked about with, with Ingram Dawkins and Marlon Dean, though, do you see much room for for potential impact for Jefferson in year one? No, and like we said, you know, with Dean, and it's not about him. It's just more the opportunities aren't going to be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm just going to go – I'll, I'll same thing I did with the other guys. I'll go with a two there. Just not the opportunity for Jefferson to come in right away and it made that kind of impact. But long-term, Curtis, what grade would you give him? Still at this moment, I'd go with a six. Um, I could see him becoming a seven, but I, I just at this moment, I don't see. He has all these things that make him good, but he has nothing that makes him special. I think he's a really good athlete for that position. Um, I'm curious to see what – he's another guy kind of like – we were talking about with Dean, like what, how does his body develop? Is he kind of maxed out with his size? Cause at 6'4", 285, he could play the five tech. I don't know if I really want him playing much on the interior at 6'4", 285, but if he adds 10, 15 pounds, of course he can play in the interior. It'd be a really good athlete at, on the interior. I just don't know. It's just one of those things. When these guys come in, you just don't know what happens with their bodies. Are they done growing? Are they maxed out? They can, do they have room for, for growth? Like I think a guy like Terry Mingram Dawkins does. So it's just going to be interesting to see where he lands long-term. But I love his athleticism. I really do. I think he's a guy that, at the very least, is going to be a good, solid player for us. Uh, I think he'll be in the rotation again, at the very least. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a five for Jefferson. I like his athleticism, but again, it's just until I see where he lands, it's really hard for me to project long-term ways in the B. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, next up, Kurt, let's go back to the linebacker position. It's a guy that I'm really intrigued by. I'm curious to get your take on him. That's Jamin DeMoss Johnson, six foot one, 235 pounds, number 193 overall nationally, just sneaking inside the top 200 out of Baltimore. We're on our way to Maryland to get this guy. What do you see for Johnson or DeMoss Johnson in year one? Um, year one, I don't see a lot. Um, but I think of all the guys we took at the linebacker position, I think he's actually the most ready to go. I won. I'm I'm glad you said that because I feel the same way. I think that he is of all the guys that we signed that that could potentially translate to an inside linebacker at the college level. I, I think he's the one that's the most. I think he's the truest inside linebacker of that group. Is that fair to say? Like that's yeah, that's what that this guy fair. does, and that's what he's played in high school. There's not going to be near as much of a learning curve for him coming to college. Will there be a learning curve? Of course, there always is for everyone. 
some more, some more than others, but there's always a learning curve to some degree. But I don't think it'd be as much of a learning curve for him as there is going to be for a guy like Xavier Sori and Smell Monica because that's what he did. He played inside linebacker in high school, and he is extraordinarily good at that. Uh, I, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say this. I think he might be the sleeper of this class. It's hard to call a guy who's inside the top 200 a sleeper, but I don't hear anyone ever talking about this guy. And when I watch his tape, I am blown away at what this guy can be. I love. I think right now, I think he could if if there was as much opportunity inside linebacker right now as there is a cornerback. I think he could absolutely come in and be a starter day one if we had that kind of opportunity. But we don't in that position, so he, he's not needed right now. So yeah, I, I think probably a two uh, is what I would say uh, in year one because we just have so many guys right now that are experienced that have played that are ahead of him right now. But in twenty twenty two, a lot of those guys might be gone. We might lose Kobe Dean, might lose Quay Walker. And you're going to have an opportunity to really jump in there and, and make a move. And I think I would not be shocked at all if Demos Johnson is one of our starting inside linebackers going into the 2022 season. I think he moves really well for that size. He, he will strike you. He plays downhill, which I know you think, well, don't all linebackers do that? Not as much as you think. Uh, Quay Walker's had issues with that in his career because he just wasn't, you know, he didn't play that position in high school. That's what Demos Johnson does. He's instinctive. He's really put together physically. I am extraordinarily high on, the, high on this guy. And just go ahead and mark my words, guys. You, you can hold me to this. I think he's going to be a, one of the sleepers of this class. Uh, so long-term, Kurt, what would you give him long-term? I think I'd give him a six long-term. He, like we mentioned, he's a sleeper. But when people like sor- uh, start kind of getting comfortable. They it getting, out. Yeah, once they figure it out, they may pass him up just because they're better. Yeah, they just have the higher ceiling. I will say, I think like Smell Monin, if he ever figures it out inside linebacker, which I hope he does, has a higher ceiling than Dimash Johnson. I will certainly agree with that. I kind of, in some ways, it reminds me of like Channing Tindall and Quay Walker, like year one. Channing, I told you guys, Channing Tindall was going to probably be playing ahead of Quay Walker in year one because that's just what he did in high school, and he was just more equipped and more polished coming out of high school. But Quay Walker had the highest had the higher ceiling, and what happened once Quay figured it out, he he moved ahead uh, of Channing Tindall, and Tindall's got himself back in the, into the, into the mix, which is great. And so maybe it's similar that with a guy like Mondin and, and Demosh Johnson, but I, I really like Demosh Johnson. I'm gonna go with a seven. I think he can be a Monty Rice type player. Actually, I think he might move a little bit better even than Monty Rice, but he kind of has a little Monty Rice in his game. Moves well, strikes, will play downhill, got some instinct. Um, I, I like him. I really like him a lot. So if, if Monty Rice gonna be as good as he was for us, I think Demosh Johnson can end up having a similar type career as Monty Rice. So pretty high on this guy. Um, moving on here, got a couple more guys. We got a couple minutes. We're going to try to go rapid fire with these last couple guys, about five or six minutes. We got three more. We got Chaz Chambliss from Carrollton coming in here. Another early enrollee, six foot two, 250 pounds, only number 358 nationally. He, I don't wanna, I don't know if I'm going to go with a sleeper call for Chaz Chambliss. I think he's vastly undervalued, though, coming in at number 350. I think he's much better than that. We'll see. Uh, but what do you see for Chaz in year one, Curtis? Because there is some opportunity outside linebacker where he projects to play. I'd maybe say a four. Um, I think the biggest thing about him is I think he may be better at holding up on the run. I just don't know how well he is. His pass rush skills are there yet. Man, this is this, he's an interesting one for me. He's a guy that I just – another guy that I think people just kind of – discounted for whatever reason he he committed in the summer so you know it's been a while all these guys when they commit early they kind of just fall by the wayside especially if they're not like a five-star prospect you kind of forget about them but man like when you look at Chaz Chambliss I think this guy has every every chance in the world to come in and make an impact in year one not start I don't see him start he's not gonna play over Adam Anderson he's not gonna play over Nolan Smith but I mean think about all the guys that we played outside linebacker in the past couple years we rotated that position 
And I think Chambliss is a guy that you mentioned can absolutely play against the run. He is incredibly well put together. If you just look at the dude, he is a weight room warrior. And that's in high school. He hasn't even gotten the college into the college ranks. I guess he's now on campus right now. So who knows what he's going to look like when he gets to, to fall camp this year. Incredibly well put together. I think he moves really well. Now, is he a plus athlete? No, he's not a plus athlete. But he moves really well in a straight line. He's got really good speed, better than you would think. Doesn't move as well laterally. But he's got good speed, and he has that explosiveness, that kind of acceleration that burst off the edge as a pass rusher. I think he needs to become more polished like in terms of like just developing pass rush moves. He, he tends to like just bull rush or speed rush you, which is fine. It can work, but I want to see more nuance there. And he's got some versatility. He, in, in high school, he played standing up at times, played with his hand on the ground. I think he translates to playing with his hand on the ground at the college level. He's not, and, and he can drop into coverage at times. You know, you can do things like that. He's got enough athleticism to do that. I think uh, with the opportunity outside linebacker this year, I'm really only, I mean, I guess you could say Robert Beal's coming back as well. I mean, we've got some other guys that have been here for a while, but I think Chambliss has a chance. So I'm going to give him a five. Again, not to start, but I think he has a chance to, to see some snaps and meaningful situations this year as a kind of a rotation guide outside linebacker. What do you see from him long-term, Kurt? Um, long-term, I'll probably go through around a six also. It's just, once again, I think his ceiling is a lot lower than some of these other guys. You don't see a David Pollock type player. I mean, he very well could be, but you don't always. It's hard to project. Proje- that, I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone before he even took a snap was projecting him to be who he became. Yeah, who who knew David Pollock would be David Pollock? I mean, I grew up in Gwinnett County. I watched David Pollock play in high school at Shiloh. I had no idea David Pollock was going to be in David Pollock. I don't know if David Pollock thought David Pollock was going to be David Pollock. Um, so it's tough to say. Uh, but I think Chandler Chambers again. He he has a high motor. He works hard. He plays hard. Those are big things. All right. And I do think he's a better athlete than people want to give him credit for. He's got a great physicality. But does he have as high of a ceiling as a guy like Adam Anderson, Nolan Smith, uh, Xavier Sorry, No, no, he doesn't have that kind of ceiling. But it doesn't mean he can't be a really good player. I think six is a very fair number. I think, yeah, six or seven. Somewhere, one of those two, I, I think, is where I would land. Uh, I guess if I had to pick one, let's go. With, I'll go with the six as well. I think it's a chance to be an all-SEC type guy. Not going to be an all-American. Probably not. But I think he'd be a very productive player for us. I'm very excited to see what he can do. I think it, it could, it could, I think he could be productive for us as early as this year. I, I do believe that's possible. All right, two more curves. Go real quick here. Got David Daniel, one of the first recruits in this class. Stuck with us through and through. Uh, he's a, really translated as a safety more than anything. But DB, 6'2", 185 pounds, number 96 nationally, just inside the top 100. He is an early enrollee. What do you see from him in year one, Kurt? Um, year one, I may go with about a four. Just, I think safety is actually one of the positions that we're kind of stacked at, which is or not. At least we have our stacked, start. Like I project starters. Yeah, we have our starters more than likely. Um, so I think that's the only thing that affects him. But I think the guy has all the tools, and he trains really hard. If you see a lot of his training tape out there, and um, he has a great build, a six two, um, long, lanky, can play that safety position. But we just don't. I just don't know if else. I mean, in, barring injuries the opportunities aren't there as much as they are for the other defensive back positions. Yeah, I mean, safety is more settled than cornerback right now. We have Lewis coming back, Chris Smith, who probably projects as the starter right now, right now after what he did the last half of the year when when the count went down. So uh, there's not as much opportunity there, but I, I think D- David Daniel is a really good player, man, and I think he's a higher ceiling than a guy like Chris Smith. Now, Chris Smith certainly has the coach's trust, and Daniel is a true freshman, not going to have that right away. So that makes it an uphill battle for him. But he's a really good athlete. He's a very fluid athlete. has great closing speed, good instincts on the back end. Haven't seen much from him in terms of a coverage standpoint. Just didn't see a lot of tape on that in, in high school. Um, some more of him just kind of hitting and running the ball, which I love what I saw there. But, yeah, year one, I don't know. I mean, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a four. I, I, I think Chris Smith has got the coach's trust, but I don't know if he's as good of an athlete. And like again, I don't think he has as high of a ceiling. So maybe if Daniel can start to learn things, he can work himself in the lineup and get more and more playing time late in the year. Kind of like we, we saw from Tyree Stevenson and Lewis seen in their freshman year, going back to 2019. But I certainly don't think he'll be a starter right away. Uh, what about long term, real quick, Kurt? Um, long term, I could easily see a seven, just because you know when we mentioned all the things that he brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think he can be a multi-year starter for us. I would go with. A, I would go with seven here as well. I don't know if he's an All-American type player. But yeah, hey, if I don't know if JRE could be an All-American, I think David Daniel, David Daniel could potentially grow into that as well. So I would go seven, seven or eight. Let's go with seven real quick. About thirty seconds, Kurt. I know you gotta get out of here. I know you have somewhere to be. So real quick, what's your take on Kamari Lasseter both in year one and his long-term impact? I'm gonna go with a three and a six long-term. Yeah, Lasser is another guy where there is opportunity at his position. I think he translates as a corner at the next level. I don't know if he has the size to hold up at star and do some of the things that the star position has to do in terms of supporting the run there in the box at times. So I don't know if he really translates there, but there is opportunity at both corners. Unfortunately, he is not an early enrollee, so I don't know how much that sets him back, but it certainly is... It puts him behind the eight ball a little bit compared to guys like Nylon Green and Javon Bullard who are already here on campus working on the team will go through spring drills. So I will say while there's opportunity, he does have a little bit more ground to catch up when he gets here over the summer. So I'm going to probably put him as, I think three is a fair number, Kerr. I feel like I'm copying you on every one of these. I'm not trying to, but I think you're, you're giving me some good numbers here. So I'll give you a three just based on the fact that there is opportunity, but the fact that he's not here and some of the other guys that are vying for those cornerback spots are here. I do think that puts him behind a little bit. Long term though, I, I do think he can be a contributor. I don't feel as strongly about him as I do a guy like Nylon Green coming out of high school, but he's a guy that it wouldn't shock me at all if he comes in and give him a year or two, he learns the system, he gets a little bit more polished, that he can be a contributor on this team. I don't think his ceiling is as high as a guy like Javon Bullard, but I do think he's more advanced than Bullard is right now at the cornerback position. He moves well, he's got good length, good ball skills, all those things you need at the cornerback position. He's got pretty fluid hips, but I, I would probably put him somewhere between Nyland Green and Javon Board, at least in terms of where they are coming into the college game. And we'll see how they grow. It really just comes down to who's willing to work, who's ready to, to put in the time, the effort, the energy to achieve the most out of his skill set. So be interesting to see what he does when he gets into campus, as it will with all these guys on the defensive side of the ball. But thanks for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy this deep dive into each of these prospects, offensively and defensively now that we've covered both sides of the ball. If you have any questions on these recruits at any time throughout the rest of the offseason, of course, feel free to send us a question. We'll add that to the list. I think next week we're, gonna, we're just going to run a full-on mailbag episode because the list of mailbag questions is growing, and we want to make sure to, to start cutting, kind of a, putting a dent into that list a little bit. So I promise it's coming, guys. If you send in questions, we have not forgotten about you. We will be getting that to those next week, and we'll be getting those all throughout the offseason. We're going to try to do a better job of working at least a couple of these mailbag questions on each of these episodes during the, the long football offseason. But thanks for listening, guys. We always appreciate it. For Curtis, I'm Tyler, and as always... Go dogs!